I'm Evelyn, and I'm a geoholic. Happy. Very. It's my jam. Sean's choice. Oh, yeah. Nice. A little help from our friends. We get along that way. Yep. The girl I love. You ready, Sean? Oh, or, you do got, we need to listen to a little got, more? Yeah, I think we need to, yeah. Let it simmer. Yeah, I gotta let it simmer. Great song. Episode 165. 165. Here we are. We have been putting out so much content lately. We have been busy. It's like my head is spinning right now. Yeah, consider our listeners. I mean, there's just content getting and thrown at them. And they're still downloading like every day. So we must be doing something right. Uh, the uh, the episodes from the conference, what's that, two weeks ago now. That was a springboard. Yeah, there really was. That was like six episodes And we had a, a bonus episode yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Very well received. A lot, of, a lot of good stuff. So just FYI, we recorded the episode yesterday. Sean edited it and we posted it all in a matter of like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was crazy. Good. Yeah, it was really good stuff. So we can do it. It is possible. Oh, uh, don't, don't, you're, you're setting the bar too high. You got to lower it back <laughs> down. It is an exhaustive process to get the edited and sounded perfect yep. for yep. everybody. It is indeed. It and is sometimes, indeed. depending on how great the weekend is, it spills into Monday. Yep. Yep. And we didn't catch up with each other yesterday because no, it was no, we a, didn't. Uh, a pretty fast paced episode. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, what is new? Um, not a whole lot, actually. Uh, gearing up for spring break. Mm. Uh, that's next week. Oh, wow. Uh, my mom's coming in town, hang out with my kid. Sounds lovely. It's uh, Evelyn's sixth birthday tomorrow. Mm. Uh, she's pumped. She's only been talking about it since January. I had to buy her a calendar just so she could count down the days to her birthday. <laughs> she's like six going on 12, though. Yeah, she is. She's not your average six-year-old by any means. She is not. Uh, she has, you know, spunk and personality, and yep. and she's independent already, and... Yep. Yeah, I talk about her a lot, but she's a great kid. Did you wish her a happy International Women's Day today? I uh, I did not. No. Uh, a little frantic getting to school this morning, so I may <laughs> have <laughs> I may have threw her in the car and talked on the phone the entire time, and then you know shoveled it out, and that yeah. was it. And you do have a mold issue that you're dealing with now. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. My wife found a uh, some mushrooms growing inside the house from a. <laughs> Something I don't. I don't You're like, a, wait, honey, don't throw them away. Yeah, I <laughs> know. We got to check these out first. But uh, yeah, might might. Uh, luckily, uh, my wife is very savvy in the uh, in this space of mold remediation. You know, going through transactions, it's yeah. it's second nature to her. So, Perfect. Yeah, she knows exactly what to do. Nice. Oh, uh, what about you, my friend? Oh What's gosh, so new? Uh, I had a great weekend as it pertains to curling. You did, oh, is that a bond, bond spiel? It was a bond spiel. Bond spiel, okay, yep. sure. Uh-huh. Participated, it was uh, two Canadians, a German, and myself on the team. That's like the start <laughs> of a joke. I, I did it all weekend long. <laughs> yep. Two Canadians, a German, and a Polak walking yeah. to a curling club. Yeah, and a Polak walking <laughs> to a curling club. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. Uh, we had a good run. We never played together before as a team, and there's 28 teams, and we made it to the semifinals. Nice, congratulations. Yeah, yeah that's cool. It was really good. Uh, um, didn't you mention something about you had the like the perfect shot or like oh, the perfect game or perfect like- game? It was the best curling match I have ever been a part of in my eight-year curling career it was we got one they got one we got one they got one they still won we got one and it just went back and forth and they were a really really good team and we ended up pulling it out it was um 
yeah, it was exhaustive. I had to admit, I did try to watch some live on YouTube. Yes, you did. And then when uh, somebody came in and woke me up with my head on the keyboard, uh, yeah. they reminded me that it was uh, done, so I didn't catch that. It's not a game. great uh, spectator it's sport. It's not a great really spectator not. sport. <laughs> Much more fun to play. And the uh, commentary is a little uh, bit to be desired. If you can find commentary, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, let's move on. Tell us about that opening number. Oh, man. Uh I, it might be my favorite band. I mean, it's a classic I'm one. With I, you. I, I love, I I love with all you. kinds of music, but for me, uh, Led Zeppelin is uh, is 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 probably my favorite band. Uh, the song was "Hey Hey," uh, Zeppelin English rock band formed in London in 1968. Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones, and the late John Bonham. Mm. Uh, heavy guitar driven sound cited as one of the. I uh, cannot say this word. Which one? Uh, Progen, oh, progen. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does that mean a word? They are uh, progenitors. They I are no the, uh, the the. They're good. Some people say they were the inspiration <laughs> or the start of heavy metal. Like they were more on the heavy side, which yeah. led to an entire genre. Mm. Uh, total record sales between two hundred and three hundred million units worldwide. We do a lot of these, and the big ones are in the hundreds. So being mm. over two hundred is massive. Amazing. Rolling Stone magazine described them as the heaviest band of all time. I'm mm. not sure about that. The biggest band of the seventies, for sure. Agreed, and unquestionably one of the most enduring bands in rock history. Absolutely. Inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in nineteen. 1995, I mm. believe that's when it started. If not, should have been in the introductory uh, run there. So. Wow, what a run. Um, I remember the day John Bonham died. I guess oh, yeah. that's showing my age. It is. I was in music class, and I remember my music teacher just like started crying. But now I'm thinking back. I'm like, how did she even hear? Because I don't even know the internet she back pulled then. Pulled up, you know, Twitter she, notification. No, pulled up. There. Maybe, I have no it idea. It probably happened the out. day before. It might have. Yeah, but she was like in tears. I just, I'll never forget that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm curious, have you ever seen the remnants of Led Zeppelin, like Robert Plant or anything like that? Uh, yeah, when the, uh, eh, uh, it was in Raleigh, North Carolina when I was living there, uh, when the uh, Robert Plant or Jimmy Page teamed up with the Black Crows and they oh, did yeah. that thing, I saw that show. And That's cool. I mean, I was in college at the time, so I'd yep. like to say I remember every detail. I do not. But you don't. But uh, I do remember <laughs> how great of a time I had. So yeah, yeah, I've not seen. I would. I'm, yeah, I'm no, it was it one. was pretty unbelievable. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, good for you. Here we are in the uh, Wisdom Wednesdays. Wisdom Wednesday studio, studio this week. Uh, TK is behind this effort, of course. Uh, every Wednesday, there's a group of people to get together on his platform. If you want to find out more, you can go to wisdomwednesdays.xyz to get the full schedule, join the conversation. Um, they review like, I don't know, Bibles of serving type thing and uh, and have some really, really good uh, productive conversations. So highly yeah. recommend Wisdom Wednesdays. Absolutely. And uh, of course, thanks to Trent Keenan. Uh, we'll see him uh, next week. He'll be in town. I believe so. Oh, nice. I believe so. Yep. Looking forward to that. Uh, next up, Airworks. Somewhat random trivia. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it's a special day. It we is probably a special talk day. About Let's that. talk about. We'll gonna talk about a little more, but yeah. um, and it's actually revolves around a bigger thing. But uh, this is uh, Women's History Month. Uh, this week is Women in Construction Week. Yep. And today is International Women's Day. Wow. So uh, we'll talk about that a little more, but uh, the trivia random notes are from the history of Women's National Women's Day or International Women's Day. That was a lot of words to get to where you got. I know, I know, I know. But little, I think we're there. Wordy. I have a little wordy. So 
Uh, here we go. Uh, first year, 1908, was when this first started kind of coming about uh, in the United States. In 1908, 15,000 women marched through New York City demanding shorter hours, better pay, and voting rights. And then in 1909, uh, Kent's favorite, the Socialist Party of America, is the first na- uh, announced, they declared the first National Women's Day. Mm. That was observed on February 28th. That matters in a second. Mm. Um, and they continued to celebrate National Women's Day on the last day of February until 1913. Uh, coincidentally, in 1910, the International Conference of Working Women was held in Copenhagen, and a woman named Clara Zetkin who was the leader of the women's office for the social, the social democratic party in Germany. She tabled the idea of an international women's day. She proposed that every year in every country, there should be a celebration on the same day, a women's day to press for their demands. The conference of over a hundred women from 17 countries representing unions, socialist parties, working women's clubs, and included the first three women elected to the Finnish parliament. Uh, they all agreed and unanimous approval to make uh, International Women's Day a thing. So then in 1911, it was honored for the first time, and they brought up all these issues. And for some reason on that same, or later in that same week, there was something called the Triangle Fire in New York City and killed 150 working women, mostly Italian and Jewish immigrants. Really? And it drew a lot of special attention on worker, you know, worker conditions and labor legislation. And hmm. our two guests are nodding their heads as they know all this stuff. Uh, so it kind of boosted the, uh, you know, the awareness. And then 1913, uh, right when World War I was going on, uh, Russian women observed their first International Women's Day on February 23rd, the last su- Sunday in February. So follow the following discussion, International Women's Day was agreed to be March 8th because the Gregorian calendar of ma- ma- February 23rd matches up with the, what's our calendar, the, the whatever the our calendar Caveman. is. Caveman. Yeah, whatever, that March 8th day. So it all aligned to be March 8th. And then from then on, it was March 8th, for, uh, forever and ever. Uh, and then International Women's Day was marked for the first time by the UN in 1975. Seems like yesterday. Uh, yeah, it also seems like a very big gap from starting something to then all the countries in the world acknowledging it 60 wow. years later. But here we are. And here we are. And you know what's exciting? We have a couple strong women with us today. The Absolutely. Just a second, not yet. Not, Not yet. Because yeah, yeah. it's time before we get to that for the Advanced Geodetic Survey's Weekly Words of Wisdom. Ah, Weekly Words of Wisdom. Yes. You're going to love this. Uh, staying on topic, feminism isn't about making women strong. Women are already strong. It's about changing the way the world perceives that strength. Ooh. I love that. G.D. Anderson is behind that quote. I don't know who that is, but it, I, I really like that. It's good. Solid, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get on with this. We have... Uh, Chelsea Baraka Co with us and uh, Michelle Polly, and a little bit about Chelsea, born and raised in Rochester, New York, grew up in the Finger Lakes area. We were talking before the show that we just had a guest on recently that also grew up in the Finger Lakes area, uh, Tony Speechy, I believe. And I think uh, our good friend Phil Fedor might be from that same area, okay, as a matter of fact. And is that how? Some, somehow you're, uh, the lovely Megan is from the same area, uh, right? Not Buffalo. Okay. Buffalo. Uh, it's yep. all the same to me. I don't know any difference. It's all New York. It's not, not New York City. It's the rest. <laughs> yes, it's the rest. Exactly. Uh, she attended a SUNY Albany. Do you know the SUNY Albany mascot? 
Great Dane. Yes. Ah. <laughs> I'm impressed. I usually ask Sean that. And I'm like, Sean, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you can tell me the SUNY Albany mascot. I would have. I knew that. No, you did not. I know I didn't. Uh, hobbies include reading, cooking, traveling, volunteering, writing, yoga, workout, working out. And she loves to work with and ride horses. We're going to talk more about that here in just a bit. Um, she is uh, very successful when it comes to sales and supporting nonprofits, something she's extremely passionate about. And she loves to give back. Any opportunity to make life easier, happier, better for someone else, count her in. Good stuff there. Michelle, a little bit about her. Born and raised in Flagstaff, Arizona. Ooh, a native. Moved to Surprise uh, around the age of 16. That'd be tough. That's a tough age to move, right? Yes, she's shaking her head. She attended U of A. Go Cats. Uh, my oldest daughter attended U of A. So, so wait, so soft cats and heart. dogs? Cats and dogs. <laughs> Love it. Co- coexisting. Coexisting. It's <laughs> awesome. Her hobbies include uh, music. She has a side gig where she is her own event planner and promoter uh, for commercial real estate verticals. Is that events? What's verticals? Vertical, so anything that has to do with commercial real estate. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Although when I hear verticals, I think of wine verticals. Like, you know what I mean? Verticals of wine. Yeah. Boxes. You know, blah, blah, blah. Sean doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, she uh, is a commercial real estate broker representing yes. every transaction type and every asset class in CRE. And she is passionate about creating legacy through commercial real estate. Chelsea, Michelle, welcome to the Geoholics. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yes, we're going to have some fun. Uh, you have no idea what you're getting into here. So, uh, this well, I think they have a small idea they may, of listening they to that intro. But yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> we now have the Trimble Pro Point Icebreaker. And here we go. <clears throat> if you can have any fictional character as your imaginary friend, who would you choose and why? Who would like to go first? Um, the BFG from Roald Dahl's book. What is it? The BFG, the Big Friendly Giant. Yeah, it's one of my favorite books growing up. Oh, really? Yeah, interesting. I mean, how badass what, would that be? What's yeah. special about BFG? Well, I mean, he's a giant, massive. So that's pretty yeah. cool. That is um, cool. And he was like very like insightful. Yep. Yeah. That's a pretty deep answer, Michelle. Can you follow that really up with is. something? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna have to go with Gandalf from Gandalf. Tolkien. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah. Wizard. Like, <laughs> he is so excited. Why not? <laughs> You didn't because know you had two dorks on the show with yeah. you today, huh? Seriously. I think they call that a nerdgasm. It, 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 that is a nerd explosion. Wow, I'm sweating. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Sean, you got to follow that up. <laughs> I, uh, she took yours. She, she took really, yours. Those were <laughs> the two at the top of my uh, top of my head. So, uh, you know, you guys are all nerdy and talk about books. Um, I, I'd probably go SpongeBob. He seems like a pretty cool <laughs> SpongeBob. dude. SpongeBob. Yeah, I just like his personality. Yeah. Yeah, it's in, you know positive outlook. Yeah, yeah. You know, doesn't let the whole body shape thing bother him. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I have a new nickname for you, as a matter of fact. (laughs) Sponge-on. Sponge-on. What about you, Kent? Oh, man. Um, I know you're going to do a deep dive into something super nerdy. uh, I don't know. Um, How about, does Waldo, is he a fictional character? Like, where's Waldo? Yeah, but this is boring. Yeah, that's not a good one. Uh, I, well, no, I'm sorry. It is a good one. You're entitled to your opinion, yeah. but I'm dying to know why 
that per- imaginary friend yeah. would be a guy that you've never heard speak know. or talk Probably or if I you have said, any idea about his life other than he yeah, disappears I mean, the behind the guy with the cane or yeah, whatever. The question then, yeah. is like, why do we care where he is? I know, <laughs> yeah, we don't know don't anything know. about him. I don't know. It, because it's, a, it's, it's elusive or it's like <laughs> mysterious. Yeah. You're like, okay, so I got to, ha- I got to ask this question. Yeah. Speaking of that, yeah. what do you think the, the, the sub, you know, what's what's the, his deal? What's the backstory of Waldo? Like, I have no idea. Oh, uh, but uh, you can't tell me you've never thought about it. Maybe he's in witness. He just, like, like Chelsea he, said, like, yeah. why do we care? He just blends I in. think there's a reason. Yeah. He's able to blend in anywhere. Witness protection. I like witness protection. Yeah. Could very Waldo well be. actually he does was look in like the, uh, uh, Gambino family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. After his hundredth hit, he really he yeah. had a change of heart and realizes that he needed to yeah. disappear back into society. And now he yeah. lives in Iowa. Yeah. And they thought Iowa. the best way to do Nobody's that is to uh, publish books where people <laughs> challenge people to look for him and eventually find him. So would it have been better if I said like Bugs Bunny? Yeah, that'd yeah. be better. So, yeah, all yeah, right. Because you you at least have some idea of his personality. Right. <laughs> He's a smart ass from Brooklyn. There you go. With a large repertoire of classical music. Yes. Hey, like a a man of the world. I'm just curious, is it like always Christmas where he lives? Or what's the deal with the red and white sweater and the hat? Like it You are fixated on this. I I just came up with it thirty seconds ago. I know. Well now it's just spawned a lot of a lot of questions that are gonna continue to go unanswered. Let's get to know Chelsea Michelle just a little bit. Um, so, Chelsea, in your bio, you said that you like to find opportunities, solve problems, and put out fires. Where did this passion come from? Um, and what makes you good at it? Okay. What makes me good at it? I've had a lot of different jobs. Um, so, I've had to work with a lot of different kinds of people, and um, and that's perfect for commercial real estate because all of our, our clients are very, have very varied needs. Like I have a lady who trains bomb sniffing canines Mm. and then I've got guys that just need to build a tilt up warehouse on some dirt, you know? So, and those are completely different personality styles, you know? So, um, so yeah, I'm curious about people and, um, helping people just feels good. I mean, why, why not? Yep. Yep. You can never know enough people. Right. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Hmm. See Sean? I, 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 you say it all the time. I, I know. I, I, I'm, start, never know I'm starting people. to come around here. You are. You are. I've, you've come out of your shell just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. I used to be this just tucked in and out. It's little just blossoming yeah. like uh, the flower in Chelsea's hair. It's just. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, do we need to water that thing? Uh, Spray it? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very sustainable. <laughs> it's a desert flower. <laughs> all right, Michelle. Um, something you said that caught me was uh, I get to know a lot of things about a lot of things. And as a result of being, you know, the job that you do, that type thing. And my question is, could that be looked at as a blessing or a curse? I think it probably could be both, honestly. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, I mean, real estate, like when you boil it down to it, like I have to know uh, how this box on top of a piece of dirt fits into where, you know, where, what my client's looking for mm-hmm. or um, what my client is trying to sell. It's not really super complicated, but mm-hmm. I get, um, it's a constant uh, education piece and I love to learn. And um, I just, I think that it's probably, probably, yeah, a blessing and a curse too, because I, I can tell when somebody's bullshitting me like mm-hmm. immediately, yep. immediately. And I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. And sometimes, um, 
I'm not generally someone who uh, deals with people's bullshit very well, so yeah. um, I have to I have to call them on it and kind of kind of set the record straight a little bit. But yeah, um, yeah I mean it uh, it also uh, kind of plays into the fact that uh, what we were talking about, you know, pre-show too, mm-hmm. with uh, some of the uh, sexism in in commercial real estate, and yep. that's uh, that's a really uh, f- touchy subject when uh, me as a woman walking in and knows more about something than mm. the uh, male broker on the other side. It's, sure. Uh, fun times. Yeah, fun, I imagine there's times. some challenges. How about you, yeah. Chelsea? Do you see the same thing as far as sexism in, oh, uh, in the business? Yeah. Um, yeah, if I couldn't deal with mansplaining, I couldn't do this job, <laughs> yeah. um, which, you know, sucks, but <clears throat> like I said earlier, um, I have no intentions of going anywhere, so... They're going to get used to me, and I have a really loud laugh, and you're going to hear it a lot, <laughs> and if you don't like it, that's just too damn bad. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, what, like, while we're on this topic right here, um, like, how do you, how, how do each of you, like, how did, we'll start with you, Chelsea, how did you get into commercial real estate? Um, you don't go to college for it, right? No. Yeah. No, um, so when I was back east, I did just residential, um, and my mentor is mm-hmm. a power producer in both um, New York and Florida. And um, <clears throat> she shared with me that she started, tried to get into commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was just a boys club. Like, they were like, oh, you can get us coffee. I mean, there was just, and so she would, you know, went the How other direction. How long ago was that? Uh, that was probably 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, so when I moved here, you know, there's so much agent saturation in mm-hmm. Arizona. Um, I actually was hanging out and an investor was talking to me and, um, he was like, you know, he's like, you're a smart girl. He's like, you're too smart to just be selling houses. Um, let me introduce you to somebody, um, who's made me a lot of money and he was a multifamily investor. Mm. So I, I got started in multifamily, um, right in 2020 when that was like the hottest asset. Uh, I now don't like it. (laughs) It's like, honestly, the least favorite of my, um, of classes of commercial out there yeah. uh we have a multifamily expert on our team honestly like she can have it man yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. so many headaches i mean and in the time of covid i'm sure you know like with you know everybody was getting covid so every time you put a property under contract you couldn't get into one of the units and like people stopped paying their rent and it was it's just and you're not dealing with business people you're dealing with tenants you know it's a nightmare mm. yeah wow a uh, quick shout out to Chelsea. She brought us a bottle of uh, Smoke Wagon Whiskey. Ooh, yes. And it is delicious. Yeah. It is delicious. And something that is interesting, I met Michelle at a Garrison Brothers whiskey dinner. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. That's where we met. We just happened to be sitting next to each oh, other. Oh, Charlie Garrison is a friend of the program. He is indeed. He's, He's indeed. been on the show before. Yep. Yep, yep. So how about you, Michelle? How did you get into commercial real estate? So I was in residential also, and Mm. um, I mean, definitely uh, doing well in that. um, But I found that most of my client base ended up being, um, that I, that enjoyed working with, ended up being investors. Um, And I started pursuing a little bit of education Mm. around commercial real estate, like loan products, how people would get into a commercial real estate asset as, as a buyer. And I realized that I mean, I'm like got a glaring overlook in my, you know, line of sight because my sphere of influence, I've got, you know, like 45 entrepreneurs that I can name like immediately. Mm. And I was like, what am I doing? Like if I mm. never have to convince someone to 
purchase a house because um, they can overlook the carpet because they're going to be homeless in 28 days and there's Mm. no other option. Um, (laughs) If I never have to go through that conversation again with someone, it's going to be too soon. Um, And I just, I love the fact that you can look at commercial real estate and have it just be something that's uh, completely like computation, like analytical, like Mm. do do these numbers work for me? Do they not? There's no emotion, like talking about women on International Women's Day, there's no emotion involved in this. And I think that it's, um, I think it's really an interesting thing to see women get into commercial real estate um, and be, you know, really kick ass in commercial real estate because we're, we, we fly under the radar a lot for a lot of people. And when I can look at a property and say, all right, valuation, here it is. Like, this is, this is what I'm expecting this to come in at. And I go and I run my numbers and I have the data to support that. They're like, how did you know that? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good at math. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I'm good. I'm smart. Um, but um, yeah, I just I took that dive and um, my brokerage started a commercial branch in 2020 uh, in November. And I hopped over to EXP Commercial and started there and have a, you know, had a really great mentor who uh, saw my potential and really, you know, talked to uh, you know, building my confidence in this mm-hmm. too, because it is not for the faint of heart. Um, it is it is a tough conversation and a tough road to toe, uh, but it's it's a fun fun thing once you get in that gig. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's it's been fun. So I'm curious, do you have any brothers or sisters? I do. What do you yeah. have? I have an older brother, an older sister, and a yeah. younger sister. Younger sister. How about you, Chelsea? I'm the oldest of five. Um, I have a younger brother <coughs> and then um, two stepsisters and a stepbrother. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And the reason I ask that is I was just thinking about it. So like we, we talked a little bit before the show that, you know, Sean and I are both in a uh, – predominantly male profession, both of our professions are. And one of the things we talk about a lot is, you know, diversity, of course, and getting more women involved with our professions and things of that nature. Um, It takes a really strong woman to say, screw it. I know it's a male dominated profession, but I'm forging ahead. Um, Yeah. I couldn't imagine just making that decision. Like, uh, you know, we've had easy roads. This is, you know, faked our way through college and then we've just been successful ever since there hasn't been like a oh man there is a lot of hurdles in between me and what i want that i have to jump over it's more like a slide that someone just nudges me and i end up there yeah yeah so i could not imagine and interested in your perspective of how do you decide that like oh man it is male dominated and it's going to be hard and i want to do it anyway Hmm. um do you remember was that a specific point where you just said Screw it. Fuck it. I'm just going to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, (laughs) I, I really know how to, (laughs) how to work a guy and, uh, it's, I compare it to working with horses. So you just make them think that what you're doing was their idea. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And yeah. And you know, excessive empty flattery and I mean, you know. Whatever it takes. I mean, yeah. I w- obviously, I would rather just go with honesty, but if that doesn't work, you know, I've got a sure. couple other tricks up my sleeve. So, yeah. you know, um, but like I said earlier, you know, like we just, we have to work together. So like, I'm not combative with these people because it just, it's going to delay everything. And then, you know, like 
once, you know, you, we build ourselves up, you get deals under your belt. And after a while they're like, well, shit, she's not going to go away. Right. I guess I'm going to have to work with her. I might have to respect her or something. That's a drag. Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> so yeah. inconvenient. Major bummer. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Michelle? What was the question? Um, was our, there that moment? Oh, that, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There definitely was. Um, I was just, um, again, like had a, had a buyer that I couldn't convince to overlook the carpet. And it was just one of those things that I'm like, like they're a bigger fish to fry. I was listening mm. to the radio and they announced that the largest retail, um, re- uh, residential sale had ever occurred, um, in August of, you know, 2021. And, uh, I was listening to that radio podcast thing um and it said that it was i think 43 million was the it was off off market all that good stuff and i looked around and i'm driving down the road and i go that's a 43 million dollar property that's a 43 million dollar property that's a 43 million dollar property like there was commercial asset after commercial asset that i was driving past that i was like i'm never going to achieve that level of record on the residential side I'm never going to sell that $43 million luxury property. I'm not. Um, But can I sell that shopping center? Fuck yes. Mm. Why am I doing this? Like, why am I working so hard to convince someone to buy a $300,000 condo? I can work just as hard and make 300 grand myself. Are there more women in residential versus commercial? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's what I figure. I I, I would say there's probably more women than men in residential. Yep. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. I mean, I just keep, I think about um, Mad Men. You Mm -hmm. guys watch Mad Men? I love that show. I love that show. Yeah. But it's like, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) we're talking about feminism (laughs) and all this stuff. Like, that is the uh, polar opposite of that. Yeah. But you know, you know, part of the smartest character on that show? Who is it? Joan. Yeah, because oh, yeah, Joan absolutely. knows how to work all yes. of those dudes. Yep. Like, yep, yep sure, yep. you're smart, Roger. Why don't you just sign this and I'll get you another drink? How about yep. it? Let's get this done. Yep. Like Still she ended knew up with she, equity. Yeah, she knew she wasn't going to be the boss, yep. but she knew how to be the power player in that room. Yep. You know, for sure, for sure. Um, so what, like, what does it take to be successful with what you guys do? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you go first. Oh gosh, um, I mean. <clears throat> Moxie, gusto, gumption, whatever you want to call it, like just a like a don't quit attitude yeah. with it because it's it's not simple to get involved in this and it's not uh, not an easy road and you do have to be intelligent. I mean, I, alternatively, like I mean, there is a college degree where you can major in real estate. I had no idea about is that. Really? I, did not know I that. had no idea about that until um, getting into commercial real estate. I was like, oh, this guy majored in real estate at Syracuse. Oh, oh this wow. guy, you know. And um, I think that if they, you know, have that success kind of um, implemented from day one mm-hmm. on there, uh, it's it makes it a little. Uh, a little more advantageous for them to kind of take that that road down. But like it's, yeah, if you're a woman in your 40s um, getting into commercial real estate for the first time, mm. like I can't fail at this and it's terrifying. So how do I mm. make, you know, every single day count and right. matter as, as a commercial <coughs> broker? How am I going to make these deals um, work? And, you know, to, to Chelsea's point too, and um, solving the puzzle and putting the pieces together, you have to be really, really resourceful. Mm. And if you're not good at connecting the dots, you will not make it in commercial real estate because it is all about your network, who you know, what deal you remember, um, you know, so-and-so just briefly mentioned in a conversation and putting those key pieces together. That yeah. is, you know, you have to be a networker and you have to be a connector of people. That is yeah. super important. What did you uh, get your degree in? 
from uh, UVA? <laughs> Public health education. Public health education. And then I have an MBA also. Interesting. Interesting. So for, uh, Chelsea, you're, from your perspective, what, is it, what does it take to, to be successful? Grit and consistency. Um, our, our broker always says consistency is the name of the game. He's like, you might not be the smartest. You might not be the fastest. You might not be the best looking person in the room. But if you're consistent, you will have success. You have to keep showing up. You have to keep following up. I mean, our deals take six months to a year. Like, I mean, mm. it's it's not as exciting as like, hey, I'm getting paid in 30 days. It's like, I got to keep showing up for this over and over and over oh, again. To grind. This new obstacle happened. This zoning problem happened. And then this happened. And and you just, you just have to just dig in like, all right, this is the mission. This is what we're working on. Um, and then also um, relationships, because a lot of the best properties never hit the market, like especially in like hospitality restaurants, like those owners don't want their restaurant out there. They don't want mm. customers to not come. They don't want to freak out the staff. Like most of those are always going to be pocket listings. So it's knowing who else, like if you've got a restaurant user, who who do I know that knows a lot of restaurant people? Like what brokerage specializes in that? And, and Within brokerages, there's usually like a niche and then, you know, and, and everybody has their client base. So if you, that's why, like we all have to play in the sandbox. So, you know, like these guys that come at us with an attitude, it's like, you're yeah. going to have to deal with me, man. Like, yeah. why not be nice at the beginning? Yeah. And on that note, I'm sure there's, um, I don't know, maybe some, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like just sleazy people that you have to deal with absolutely and encounter and compete against and that type thing and mm -hmm. that's got to have its own challenges i'm sure yeah and i'm but sure those reputation people, those is people get right? a reputation yeah. too you yeah. know like i mean i'm sure you could walk into a room and know who those guys are and girls it's yeah. you know it's not just one side mm -hmm. um so yeah yeah um so i mean it seems like especially on the commercial side the the industry or the trends are changing all the time. You know, it's either like residential is way up and commercial is way down. And then, I mean, it's just this back and forth thing all the time. The thing I love about commercial is that it's always evolving. Like residential mm. goes up and down. Commercial, like, so in the pandemic, mm -hmm. office sucked, you know, multifamily went crazy. Yep. Right now in, in Arizona, industrial is like red hot. Nobody yep. can get enough of it because because of the, like the supply chain delays. So it's like, we need to bring manufacturing closer to home. Like, you know, we need to be like building up our state infrastructure. Like everybody wants a warehouse here. Mm. Everybody. It's crazy. It's crazy. And there, there's nowhere to put them. I oh. mean, I'm sure you've been looking at like the same six sites I have. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. And you can't get the brokers to call you back no. because they've got their inside deal that right. they're working on. And uh, why would you not? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm licensed in Utah also, and they they have a really big industrial boom right now. Mm. And it's, I mean, the same situation you can get across the country from Utah um, by rail in two days. Um, so, you know, a lot of people are looking into industrial there and they completely overlooked it. But here in Arizona, I mean, you can, I landed on a, a flight from Utah here and was just looking out west. Um, oh. And there's just an industrial path that you see and you just look at the millions of square feet yeah. uh, of warehouse out there and you're like, oh, and there's nothing available. Mm -hmm. There's a 4% vacancy rate, fantastic. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah. How do you look at, I mean, I'm assuming you have to look at infrastructure as well, right? Yeah, Cause definitely. Especially, I mean, in Arizona, I mean. Uh, yeah, everybody it's wants It's growing frontage. so rapidly yeah. that 
you have to be sure that the infrastructure is in place to support whatever is going to go on that piece of property Absolutely. or what have you. Yeah, I mean, there's dirt out there to build stuff on, but, you know, if it's not connected yeah. to anything, it doesn't matter. Mm. Well, what about the ones that they, <coughs> there will be a road connecting that at some point? Do you get into Most those? Most of these where guys don't want to make that They don't want to make that? Okay, no. I was just curious. Yeah. Well, when they built the new highway, the 303, right. that loop, that changed the complexion of absolutely the West Valley in itself. I think it once did. they finished finished the one end, they were starting to build the first tilt up on the other end yeah, and just moved this way. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah, and then TSMC up north. Yeah, I mean, talk about changing the complexion of you know the entire North Valley. Mm. You know that project in itself and all the people that it's going to employ. There's like not enough housing up there. You no, know, it's crazy. Not. Yeah, it's a, trying to find multifamily up there was, uh, was a was a struggle last year. Yeah. Yeah. So in the, in the business in general, is it like when I look at it from an outsider's perspective, it almost seems like a individual sport for lack of better words, but is it, is it individual or is it more of a team effort? Um, you have to have a good team, I'm assuming. Yeah. And what role does that play in your success? If so you you, go first you'll chosen? almost never see a, a commercial listing with just one broker on it. Um, it's, it's too much work. It's too many moving parts. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, there's just so much complexity to it. Um, the, like our team, the value of our team, I think, is that we have so many people with different perspectives and talents. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's it's a communication thing. You mm. know, like, I don't know if you know about the DISC personalities. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like if you've got somebody who's like a raging D on the other side yeah. and you're also that type, like it's going to be a disaster. So yeah. you want to find your like IS person to be like, Hey, yeah, like, you know, we can go with your idea and this is, you know, like, so, so that helps in solving problems. Again, with the, the guy thing, some dudes just have to talk to another dude and it's annoying, but it's like, Hey, Aaron, you got to call this guy because I'm not getting anywhere with him. Um, and then you, you're, you're being a more powerful asset because you have a mastermind of people mm-hmm. working on the same thing. Yeah. I am the oddball and I am a solo agent. Mm. Um, I'm looking to hire people that are licensed already yeah. um, just because my workflow is is ridiculous right sure. now. Um, but I, I feel like my brokerage as a whole across the U.S., I mean, there's 750 brokers. There is someone who specializes in anything. I can pick up the phone and call mm-hmm. them or you know, write them a message on, on workplace and I get my point across really quickly. They answer questions really, really quickly. They're a fantastic resource for me. Um, and I, I think that that's a tremendous value to me. Mm. Uh, but honestly, like it is at the end of the day when I'm the one having to call back on all of the sign calls on all of the, you know, calls off of Crexy and CoStar and uh, LoopNet, everything. Um, it gets to be a little cumbersome for sure. Having that team um, support is is something that I'm working towards yeah. for sure. Um, and also just find, trying to find like the right fit of those people to work with also. Mm-hmm. Um, I have management experience for sure. And um, I'm not one of those micromanager type of people, but um, I still need to get the job done at the mm. end of the day. So finding the right yep. team to, to kind of support is, is super helpful and mm-hmm. super, super uh, a high asset in, in commercial real estate. For so sure. correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like, Michelle, you work more in like a, a corporate commercial real estate environment as far as the support that you have. And it sounds like you, Chelsea, work for a smaller l- local 
yep. for lack of a better so, word. So tea, we right? are, uh, everybody jokes that we're the misfit toys. Like our broker, Aaron, is a cowboy. Like he is doing deals in boots and a hat. Yeah. Um, but like, but that's exactly who he is. Like, you know, yeah. and, and there's, when you're coming at people completely auth- authentically, it's, it resonates with them. Um, you know, we've got a bunch of women on our team. We're encouraged to be individuals. And people that leave the team are the ones, the ones that don't recognize the value that we have. I mean, like, I will never work for another commercial broker as long as I live in Arizona. Like, and if Aaron said tomorrow, like, we're, the team is going to somewhere else, I'd be like, all right, we're doing it. Like, they were friends. Like, I love all of them. They're brilliant people. They're good-hearted. Like, I honestly can't say enough good things about my team. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's the value of leadership, though. Yes. Yeah. That's that's exactly yeah. it. You die hard, like, mm-hmm. following because, you know, you value that, and management is important. For sure. Uh, that ties into a common theme of our show. Uh, we talk about mentors and the importance of having a mentor, uh, and I've already heard you guys both mention yours, but I'd like to hear a little bit more about uh, your, you know, start, start with you, Michelle, like your... Talk about your mentor, how it was important, and, and uh, you know, what's that meant and how that, that's helped you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, in my brokerage, you're required to have a mentor for the certain, a certain number of first transactions uh, if you were not experienced in commercial real estate. So that's... Like that's uh, the, the, their standard? That's their standard, <coughs> for sure. And it probably that, uh, should be... Is that the standard, like, of the company? That is the standard standard? of the company. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Absolutely. Um, And I mean, you could work on an internship for two years, you know, Mm -hmm. unpaid elsewhere. Um, But I chose not to do that. I chose to do a mentorship. And, you know, they get a portion of their, uh, of your commission that you earn. And um, I worked with my mentor from November of 2021 until I graduated actually uh, in October with my transaction count. Um, And then that guy ended up being my business partner up in Utah. Mm. Um, He liked working with me so much. He brought me onto his team up there to run his transactions. So um, he's definitely still in that kind of mentor role for sure. But um, I chose someone that scared the shit out of me um, because I knew that if I was comfortable in doing just what I'd always done, that I probably wouldn't be as successful as I could be. Um, and so I, I picked, uh, the person who was least like me, uh, to be able to challenge me. And, um, there were times where I just knew like, I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to be meeting with Dr. Bill because I hadn't made my phone calls that week because my kid got (laughs) sick, you know? And it was just one of those things that I was like, okay, like just, you know, and I, I would text him and say like, I dropped the ball this week. I'm going to just have this conversation with you now via text because I have nothing to discuss with you on our, on our zoom meeting or, um, you know, and I, I don't want to disappoint you and waste your time because I'll do better next week. And that was really, really important to get getting me to grow to that growth uh, state yeah. where I um, was comfortable doing, you know, what I knew I could do, but at the same time, like push those boundaries on what I thought I wasn't capable of. Mm. So I think the interesting thing there that I heard anyways, was that you selected a mentor that was the opposite of you that more than likely put you outside your comfort zone more than once. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which okay. is something we talk about a lot on this shit. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. How about you, Chelsea? Talk about your mentor. Um, so I don't, we don't have a real mentor structure, um, with our team, but everybody reaches out to everyone else. Mm -hmm. Like, so if I'm working with a client who needs retail, like I know like, okay, Audra's great at this. Like Carla's the multifamily master. Um, everybody like gathers from each other. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and like, 
like Aaron and I are working on stuff and he will even call me on my deals and be like, how do you think we should approach this? And this is my broker with 20 years experience, but mm-hmm. he knows I have the client relationship. So it's not, you know, it's, it's lateral. It's not um, yeah. up and down, which is great. Like, and, and everybody is very supportive. And as we get new team members, like, you know, I've only been on this team for about a year, but like new team members are like, okay, well, Chelsea, like, I know you just learned that or whatever. Can we buddy up? And like, can I learn that from you? Right. So, so yeah, like that's, that's the value of that. Like, it's really not set that way. And yeah. everybody's so busy on our team. Like Aaron doesn't have the bandwidth to really mentor anybody. One of our teammates, Audra was like, you know, I wanted to do commercial. I came to Aaron. I was like, Hey, can, can you teach me? And he was like, I don't have time for that. And she just stuck it out. And like a lot, I mean, you, you learn by doing right. You know, I mean, um, because I was like so hungry <laughs> and was willing to work, you know, the crap leads and whatever, like my other, the senior coworkers took notice of that. We're like, all right, put her on this stuff. Like she's getting it. She's hungry. She's like willing to do like the garbage deals. And then you work your way up and now you're getting, you know, the big stuff and pulling your own stuff in. Yeah. And, you know, based on that, what you just said, and the fact that some of these deals take six months to a year, you know, there's so many things that could go wrong and you have to be so detail oriented, I'm sure. Um, It's got to be incredibly stressful because that's your livelihood. You know, I mean, you're projecting this deal to close 12 months out. You know, that's that's a tough way to like, in my opinion, anyway, it's like manage money and finances and stuff like that. But it's like once you get in the groove, I guess, you know, I guess just just like selling residential properties, I guess, you know, it's quantity versus quality. Maybe I don't know. Well, I've also been as far as the the stress that goes into it and it's it's not certain. Like you can spend six to 12 months on a deal and it not happened. Mm -hmm. Kent and I spent six to 12 months on anything. We're still getting a paycheck every two weeks. And even if the whole thing falls apart, our invoice still gets paid. Like that's not a, I I don't know how you manage in that, in that space. So I guess my question is how do you deal with that stress or how do you, you know, like you said, after time and it, but, but how do you handle something where you, work your ass off for six months, Michelle, and there's a chance that it doesn't work out and you just flushed that all hmm. that harder time. Heartbreaking. There's there's a lot of um, alcohol abuse. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. the, we did a, need it a whiskey thing. Yeah. We did, we did. No, there's a lot of prayers that go up. And uh, no, I mean, honestly, like I think that's part of why um, the the creating legacy portion of, of my uh, uh, logo is there, is that I'm trying to... Um, build something that I can hand off to my kids. So it's not just necessarily about the commercial deals that I uh, close for clients. It's about the commercial deals that I'm allowed to be involved in also. So, um, you know, uh, meeting with a a friend who I know has, you know, a large chunk of change for a down payment and then matching that up with a forward lease agreement from a national tenant and being able to craft a deal and um, getting residual payments on that every single month. Ooh, so okay. that's, uh, you know, those installments on those leases are really great. Um, owner, property ownership is fantastic. I'm, I wouldn't be sitting here today if I didn't believe in investing in commercial real estate. Um, you know, that mailbox money from triple net leases is, is a real thing and it's mm. wonderful. 
And um, I want to teach people how to do that and be successful with that because real estate, whether you're in residential or commercial, is very much an up and down kind of roller coaster in terms of being, you know, receiving a paycheck kind of thing. So um, part of part of uh, my education for my clients is how do you make real estate work for you and not vice versa? And even that, I have to be, you know, an example of Mm. that. So how do I make real estate work for me and me not work for real estate? Interesting. Um, so for me, it's more, um, it's more purpose driven. Um, so I'm like an oddball in commercial real estate that I'm not necessarily motivated by money. And I know that sounds crazy, but, uh, it it, it does, I'm sure it does, (laughs) but fulfillment means so much more to me and, um, and how I feel and closing my eyes at night and knowing that I did my best and I didn't do anything that put anybody in harm's way as far as my job. Um, So my volunteering is what fills me up when my work is driving me crazy. Mm. Um, Like something about doing physical work every Saturday morning is so satisfying. Like I, yeah, I get up at six in the morning on Saturday and I shovel horse shit and I push carts around and I take care of, I help take care of 26 ailing horses at a sanctuary um, and Tuesday nights, I work with a group of foster care kids at, at Horses Help, at Equine Assisted mm-hmm. um, Therapy Center. And and that grounds me because, like, you see somebody who's going through, who's been through so much. Mm. And it's like, how am I going to bitch about the shitty email or phone call mm. I got today or the paycheck that I didn't get? And And, you know, we always have a bunch of irons in the fire. So, yeah, yeah it's like shit, I didn't get that one and I lost all that time. But when you look at it in a bigger picture, it's like, what do I have to be bitching about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Really well said. And now's a really good time to know it. I don't think we mentioned it earlier, but the way we got introduced to Chelsea was through our good friend Phil Fedor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Phil Fedor, um, uh, the Comancheros, Pony Express and everything. And and he's a geoholic. He's a geoholic. And that... That effort is to benefit Horses Help. So that's how we got to learn a little bit about Horses Help at the uh, the banquet yeah, last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, really interesting small world. It's amazing how, yeah. how this all kind of comes together. Um, uh, yeah. I got a question, and try to have a little fun with it, but I'm very curious. Uh, you mentioned something about uh, earlier, Chelsea, about the one, you know, you go from the wide variety of clients. Or, uh, I'm very interested, what is the craziest transaction or deal or client that you've experienced so far in your career? Like I, you're both smiling and looking at each other. Uh, uh, we'll start with, we'll start with you, Michelle. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, it's not necessarily just as one much client. as you can disclose, yeah. you okay. know, confidential. Yeah. We do have a handful of listeners, so, you know, just be careful. It, it's not necessarily just one client, but it's um, I, I work on exclusivity contracts with people. Um, I require that. And so a lot of uh, hmm. the business that I get are referrals from residential agents. And most residential agents don't have that because like the a real estate license is the second most held license in Arizona behind driver's licenses. Ah, yeah. That's like one in five people holds a real estate license here. So that's the terrifying statistic. Um, mm. I wasted too much time on people who were fine to waste my time to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I, you know, have a, you know, exploratory meeting with a client um, who was referred over to me, 
Um, my favorite response was, well, so-and-so didn't require that I sign an exclusive contract with mm-hmm. him, you know, and like, <laughs> do you even know who I am, you know? And um, I, and I said, awesome. and how'd that work out for you? Yeah. <laughs> because they weren't yeah. able to find the, the asset that you needed, right? Yeah. And they're like, well, no. And I said, okay, so this is the deal. This is, this is where the rubber meets the road. You have to like pledge that you're going to use me for this transaction if yeah. a transaction should arise. And in the meantime, I have to pledge that I'm not wasting your time. I'm not wasting my time. I'm not wasting my other clients' mm. time who have put their trust in me for this. Um, you'd be shocked at how many times that conversation comes up. So that's not like the most interesting thing, but that's definitely the the most interesting that happens with the most frequency. Ah, interesting. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. I, I want a juicy story. I like know. she Ten. might have one. Like you know, like this guy's got gazillion of dollars. This person has this land that he wants. She, she, whoever wants to sell, and the deal closes in twenty four hours. Hundred million dollars. I don't. I don't know. I'm just something juicy. I mean, I wish. Come on, I know. I wish too. Man, I, if that happens, well, I will let you know. Please. Uh, so I won't uh, disparage any clients, but so when I started, when I was doing multifamily, um, most of the investors I, I was serving were looking for a C class, which is not great. Um, uh, can you help the unenlightened? Yeah. Here? So so you know A B C. So A class multifamily property are like luxury. Okay. Condo, you know, uh, like yeah. yeah, it has the gym and the yeah. and the guy at really the door. nice stuff, like Biltmore area yes. stuff. Sure. Yeah. B class is, you know, below that. And then C class is usually a pretty rough neighborhood, old product, pests. Okay. You know. Crime. Uh, scary Mold. neighborhoods. <laughs> Mold. Yeah. So, rooms. Um, you know, I used to. They like, forage in the back room. <laughs> someone was asking, like, what what's a tip you would give somebody who's, you know, prospecting for C-class multifamily. Dress like you're there to buy drugs. <laughs> um, because you will, without a doubt, see a drug deal while you're prospecting oh, for C-class multifamily. Mm-hmm. So I had one that I was at the inspection for. Um, and the home inspector, this kid couldn't have been like more than 20 years old. Um, and like while we were in the house, we heard a gunshot. And we were like, mm. um, one of the tenants like would not let us in. And, like, was having, like, some kind of domestic disturbance in there. Um, and then um, the the FedEx truck came by to deliver something, and the people across the street robbed the FedEx truck <laughs> oh my God. during my serious? home inspection. Yes. So the neighbor to the side was calling the police, and then the guys robbing the FedEx truck, like, bum-rushed the neighbor's house. So we all left. Like, we were like, we're out. Holy shit. <laughs> Um, and as I'm walking to my car, a guy on a bike was like, Yo, you want to buy some weed? I'm like, you know, I think, I think maybe, I'm good. Maybe. <laughs> um, today. So needless to say, my client canceled on the house, on, on the um, yeah. multifamily. But yeah. yeah, it was it was a day. Yeah. I mean, that kid, that poor kid was terrified, that yeah. inspector. Yeah. That's I was like, awesome. he's never going to do an inspection for me again. What are, what are these investment opportunities that I've, I've heard about? Maybe it's an, it's an REIT where you like just, Reed, yeah. yeah, you throw your money into it and this group buys multifamily. Yeah, and syndicates. Then, yeah, is, yeah. That a, is that a good idea? Depends on your goals. Yeah, it, it yeah. goes either way. Yeah. It can be, it can not be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean. I mean, the guy that cuts my hair, he sinks all his money into this. Right. Well, yeah. it's kind of like, you got to know who you're getting into bed with. <laughs> all of a sudden, they're looking at my haircut. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, another Thank crazy story. Um, Maybe you should spend I, some more time with him. Yeah, we had a client that bought. Or your guy. Yeah, my, my guy. 
<laughs> we had a client that bought into a REIT and one of the partners um, was getting money from somebody in Mexico and then didn't pay that person their end and wound up dead in Mexico. Good oh. God. Yeah. Um, so needless to say, that investment didn't work out. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. So so they can be good, yeah. but, you know, you also don't you necessarily careful. know what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of path for, and paths forward for it. So REITs, mm-hmm. I mean, traditionally are like definitely more vetted and um, more stable of an mm. investment. So it's kind of like that long-term hold kind of asset. Um, but then there's, there's smaller syndications that you can participate in and, um, you know, make a, a really good killing. The SEC will only let you say that you're going to make 14% or less on that mm-hmm. um, because then, you know, that would be... Uh, some sort of Ponzi scheme or something like that. But mm-hmm. then, the, I mean, there's there's tons of ingenuity right now in the commercial real estate space also. And the, so there's like uh, fractionalized investment too. Um, so um, you can purchase real estate for as little as $100 and you're at a maximum of, you know, $2,100, $2,200 investment and you can disperse that across a bunch of different assets and you own a hundred dollar share of this piece yeah. of commercial real estate. And it's, it's fascinating to see that. Um, and mostly most because I think that that's part of that creating legacy also piece that, you know, I, I talk about is yeah. that I want anyone to be able to invest in real estate. And it bothers me that it has to be just the big guys in the room yeah. to be able to invest in it. You have to be worth a certain amount of money. You have to, you know, and I get why that's, you know, why the SEC put that like protection in place Mm. because people were getting ripped off. Um, But at the end of the day, like if someone wants to put a, you know, $100 investment into a piece of real estate and they're able to earn 150, you know, Mm. the, the year later. Sure. That's amazing, you know, like, and that's a way that, you know, in some of these places where, you know, the housing market is unaffordable for people to purchase in at a first time investing kind of rate or a first time home buyer kind of rate, um, then they can put in a small chunk of change into something like that and be able to earn uh, income off of that or residual off of that and save up for that down payment that they Mm. would have never been able to before. I work with a ton of um, like public school teachers. They don't make a whole lot of money like mm. i'm just gonna put that out there you know yeah. and and that's the crazy thing is that like we're entrusting our children's education to these folks and then we pay them a pittance mm. so how do we get so them true. to be um savvy investors mm. how do we you know reduce those barriers to entry for investing for that and it's things like those those products that are out there and it's yeah. it's really an exciting time to be in commercial real estate interesting sure. so these uh these reits um so I'm assuming that you guys deal with representatives from the REITs, right? Because, like, people are sinking their money into the REITs, and then those are the folks that are buying from you, correct? Is that the way that works? Oftentimes. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Sometimes, I, I mean, I don't know if you want to take this one. I, I, I definitely have other people that are, are looking to form a REIT, um, ah, and that's their their kind of – their intention with it. So they'll look at a piece of property and, you know, purchase the land and then, you know, eventually develop and acquire, you know, uh, all of the rest of the capital infusion for that project through a REIT product. So, yeah. yeah. I showed my, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. It's okay. Thing there. No. (laughs) Clearly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I got that from the guy that cuts my hair. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, there are people that like, okay, I would love to, you know, represent a, a larger REIT for sure, you know, yeah. on a transaction, but that's just not come my way yet. Mm. So it's usually like the, the people who are working on the developing yeah. that for yep. sure. So. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like we've, we've had projects where um, somebody has, they already have the land and they have like the site plans and then they want a partner um, you know, and they're like, okay, this is what we're going to build. And this is our projected um, income from that. Like this is our pro forma. So, you know, they've already kind of got a piece of it, but it's mm-hmm. almost like not, I don't want to say crowdfunding, but they're, you know, they're, mm. it's an opportunity for somebody else who also yeah. doesn't have $36 million, but they've got, you know, the other half of it and then they can, they you know, $3,600. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kent and I can pull that together and, yeah. uh, yeah. Make a couple of nickels. Got that two-week paycheck <laughs> rotation. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Uh, so I was, I'm curious if you're going to ask the question that you uh, ask everybody when we start talking about real estate and what's the future oh, holds. It's a topic that it. comes up. Go ahead. The metaverse. Are you guys oh, yeah. selling in the metaverse yet? No. Not quite yet? So my brokerage has been in the metaverse for quite a while. Like we have meetings in avatars. I know that's kind of I insane. Be an avatar. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm curious more about the, selling. Yes, the, yes. The real estate portion of not just existing. Sean, I told there, you I can buy your house in the metaverse for like fifty six dollars. I'm kicking your ass. You and your moldy ass. You're out. I'm sure you can, but yeah, you you're, 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 the metaverse doesn't you carry the liability mushrooms. that we're currently going yeah, through just, of the it cleanup. It seems. I I don't know. I I like knowing that I sell something that exists and always will, you know, like, by the laws of matter exist. That is under debate. It is right. under debate. We had a guest debate. last week I'm who argued sure with the did. laws of matter. Yeah, but, like, pretty, you know, like, pretty, pretty handily. Like, remember how NFTs were, like, this ridiculous money-making thing, and then they, like, completely tanked? Like, I, that whole thing, I was like, why... Why? Like, wh- why would any, why are we assigning this thing but crypto, value? crypto, isn't like, crypto the same thing? Yeah, that's, it kind of is the I'm same thing. I'm still not thing, in the crypto thing. I'm just yeah. like, what the, 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 the one rule that my wife, who's also in real estate, has always told me about value, and a thing has value only because what someone is willing, is willing to, to pay, pay for. for it. Right. Yep. right. So if yep. someone wants to pay for yeah. I get that. The the uh, the my house in the metaverse for fifty six dollars. I would be happy to take your fifty six dollars. Yeah, I guess I the don't short think answer, you're the agent on that one. Yeah, the short <laughs> answer to your question yeah, I gotta is: hire Chelsea. I, you can't do it all, right? And yeah. I will stick with what I know is real, and I can see and touch, and you know, I don't, sure. Yeah. I'm going to give you a long answer. So there are real estate transactions that happen in the metaverse for I'm sure. I'm aware. Absolutely. I'm so curious. 100%. Do yep. I do them? Not necessarily. Do I think it's like completely out of my realm? Probably. But I had this discussion with an economist back in, in March, actually, um, because I, I can't wrap my mind around this at all, like in any way, shape, or form. Mm. And to me, it's just, it's mind boggling. But if you think back, like, Back when, like, I mean, land was owned by lords mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like regencies. Yep. Like, who would have thought? Like, are you like, are you insane? You're selling me this piece of property. Mm-hmm. Like, what gives you the right? Like, it's completely fictional. You're just making this up. Like, you're making up the fact that I get this land. You know, yeah. and 
isn't that the same thing? Like, mm. aren't you making up like economic currency and monetary currency? Like, aren't you just making it up because it used to be backed by gold and then it used to be backed by silver and now it's not backed by nothing? Like, aren't we just all existing in this made up reality anyway? Mm. There's your mushrooms for you. Yeah, I, I uh, agree. But that's another episode. Whole another episode. episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, but interesting, like that kind of concept came up yesterday in the bonus episode it because we were speaking with the, uh, the surveyor guy in Hawaii. Yep. And gave us the history of how they started to survey and plot land. Mm. And, well, you know, reminded me that before it started, the king owned everything. Yeah. And so I, there was no. And so then he created that yeah. concept of, hey, you're, you're, you're good. Take some, take some land. Take yeah. some dirt. John but, Locke and the Magna Carta. Yeah. Right there. Yes. And in, in, in Alaska, there are still, there's still land that has never been surveyed. So how how is that any different than the metaverse? Because I think Chelsea just giggled because she can go and walk and stand on that piece of land and she can't physically stand in something that she does, you know, as she said, defies the laws of matter. As long as somebody will pay for it. That is correct. That's the thing. That is correct. correct. And you can forage for mushrooms on that land for real. And I am I look forward to that. You haven't invited me over yet. Well, I'm I'm cultivating spores as we speak, so <laughs> we'll see we'll see how that goes. So one of the things, I mean, when we brought you two together to have this conversation, out of coincidence, it was it was obvious to me that you you both are very passionate about giving back. You know, you talked about the legacy thing that, and I I know Chelsea, you know, you briefly mentioned horses help. I, I would really like you to talk a little bit more about that and why it is so rewarding to you. Yeah, um, so. I, I was raised um, Catholic and it just didn't take, um, and I just didn't understand the value of, of just going to church and sitting there when there's problems that are out there that you could actually improve. Um, so I've always had a charitable bent. Like, I mean, I've always done like a holiday drive for either like a um, homeless shelter, domestic shelter or something like that. I've always done stuff for animals. Like, um, I just, I know how fortunate I've been and I feel like it's my responsibility to, um, to help people who aren't, who just haven't by dumb luck been born into a fortunate situation. Um, so weekly I, I work with a group of foster care kids and that is like incredibly humbling. Um, and, and, you know, and, and it's just time, it's time that I have, it's time that, you know, it's, it's an, two and a half hours out of my day that, you know, yeah, I could be working on something or I could be sitting at home or reading a book or whatever, but it's making somebody's life better. And, mm. like, for someone who has been taken from their family, mm. to have a complete stranger be kind to you has to mean something. Um, and mm. watching them with horses is – there's just a magic to it that I can't describe. Um, one of my favorite things is, like, when kids – bond with a horse so the other place that I volunteer at is um is the horse sanctuary that I mentioned and they bring in a lot of um, groups of kids with autism and there is something about autistic kids and horses that like it's just like a language that the rest of us don't know it's phenomenal and it's just you can physically see they're like that they are happy and engaged and it's just magical that's the only way I can describe it um, and like I said, it fills me up, you know, mm. I have a bad week. I'm like, yep. well, you know what? On Saturday, I know what I'm going to be doing and it's, I'm going to feel great when I leave. 
and um, and we just should, you know. Yeah. So I have a friend, Melissa. We're we're planning a thing where we're going to do a clean the city event every month, and we're going to go to a different neighborhood and get as many people. You're all welcome to join. Anybody listening? Uh, I, I I'll give you my address. I got some, I got, I got some needs. You got some <laughs> trash. Stuff I got, I got some around. needs. Back it up to his backyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. go to the backyard. Yes, yes. Um, but you know, like you know, we were talking about having a presence on social media, like. Mm. Anytime you have like attention or any kind of power and you can use it for good, well, why the hell wouldn't you? You sure. know, I yep. mean, just why not? Whole nother episode. Uh, but yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. How about you, Michelle? Why is it important to you to uh, to can give back and just you know talk about how rewarding that is? So I I look at this in in kind of a dual purpose. If I can if I can educate people to not. Um, be, you know, have children and where I was raised. How about that? Um, grew up very poor. Um, if I can educate people on how to use their money wisely to mm. never have that be a problem to, you know, never have the fact that I don't have enough beds for my kids be a reason why they get taken by CPS. You know, yeah. that's yeah. the, that's the reason, um, why I do that education piece for sure. Um, and then the duality of it is I'm, I'm married to an Episcopal priest. I volunteer all the time. You know, like that's just part of our life. Um, we give a ton of money um, to various organizations. I ran a nonprofit for several years. Um, my kids are all involved in my, my son's in Phoenix Boys Choir and my daughter's in Valley Youth Theater. Both of those are nonprofit entities. And, you know, it's it doesn't have to be something that, it, you know, is... Um, you know, life-changing to you, as long as it's life-changing to someone. Mm. And if you can find something that you're passionate about and be able to give back to that, either through hours or funds, I don't care if you don't have the time, send them a check. Like, that's the mm -hmm. most important aspect to, um, yeah. to you know, finding people that are passionate about that and then being able to use those resources to reach people. Um, so that's that's also, you know, kind of what I, what I do this for, like, I love, uh, giving back monetarily and in person. And, um, part of my legacy goals for me and my kids know this and my husband knows this is I'd like to own uh, transitional housing for, for the homeless. So domestic violence victims or, you know, people, folks experiencing homelessness, I would love to be able to have that be something that's a thing, a relic of the past, mm. um, that no one should have to go without shelter. And so um, that's that's kind of what like my big long term goals are. Um, so that's why I fund, you know, commercial real estate purchases for myself to get to that income so I can give back and I can purchase more real estate so I can give back more. Um, but that's that's the the cycle and the wheel on it. And I would love to do something where, you know, you've got aged out foster kids that are, you know, um, that. Are, high are at risk for homelessness. So, mm. so high at risk and be able to provide them a place where they get some um, vocation training and, you know, get them into commercial real estate. Can you imagine like a kid in, you know, foster care system that, you know, gets a $300,000 commission? Like we want to educate people <coughs> on how to, how to spend that wisely, how to make sure that they're set up for success for their life. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of that whole giving back piece is that there's so much that you can do why in the world aren't we doing more right and you know and the other part of it is like yeah I mean we are making more substantial commissions than our like residential partners but we're all 1099s yes, we and so you got to mm. give a big chunk to the IRS and every year it's my goal to give enough to nonprofits that I can stick oh. it to the IRS and not give interesting. them interesting <laughs> So because I know where my money's going. No, like, I, I don't know what the hell they're doing yeah, with it. Absolutely. That's 
genius. And Sean. Yes, sir. Do you feel as big of a piece of shit as I do? I was about <laughs> to actually say the same thing. Is a lot of times we have these great smart guests, yeah. and it's pretty w- rare we have two of them that make me feel wholly inadequate <laughs> as a human. I'm just gonna that's, pack it in and go home right now. I do. My plan on the weekend is to sit in my underwear and watch <laughs> sports on the couch, not to go and help people, and definitely don't have legacy plans that involve anything so outside of myself and my me, family. Let, so, let are me. you inspired to do that now? Absolutely. Well, look, we helped people. We added and, value, and we made you friends. Added value. The inspiration <laughs> me, is there. Maybe Sean, I don't. I, the, the question is: Is is the rubber going to hit the road? Is the perspiration going to be there? But the inspiration is absolutely there. <laughs> Easy with the perspiration. <laughs> <laughs> that requires work. It's it a small does. room. Don't want mushrooms. <laughs> yes. <grass>. yes. <laughs> but um, uh, well, what about you, Kent? How did you feel after you heard that from these two? Uh, humbled. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, I, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited. I would. But here's what we do. I think we start a geoholics REIT to <laughs> purchase property for the homeless. I, like I think it. that's a great idea. I think you might need to learn a little bit more about what a REIT is. Do we have an uh, accountant? We we do. <laughs> we have, an and we do, and we also have a little bit of Baby a tax steps. liability problem. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> That's a really great way to offset gains. Yeah. And we just I'm met two that. amazing uh, resources I, yeah. here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I consider them assets at this point. Something. I I think we are on to something. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's awesome. So funny. Yeah. Um, wow. What else? Well, honestly, like, yeah, okay, on talk. that, like, let, let me just, like, piggyback off Go of that. for it. It doesn't have to be, like, a read to solve homelessness. Like, I know. Find something that you're passionate about. Like, if it's teaching kids, I don't have any idea what geoholics is. I'm guessing <laughs> something about being really, like, fascinated by dirt. Is that mm-hmm. accurate? He loves dirt. Okay. This guy, he is a dirt fanatic. Uh, so, just so you guys know... Uh, <laughs> Kent is a real estate professional. He's a registered land surveyor. Yes. Uh, I'm not sorry. I didn't mean real estate. I meant, uh, you know what I meant. Uh, I'm a a civil engineer, a geotech engineer. So I play in dirt and make foundation recommendations. Okay. Uh, So that's what it's kind of about. Okay. Um, So maybe you form a school, a nonprofit school for kids to be excited about dirt and learn some vocational skills and we'd be able to source like, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be the same idea for sure. Find something that you're passionate about and Mm -hmm. give to that. That is, that is the most important. Maybe it's a curling club for foster kids, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, did I just blow your mind? Episode ever. (laughs) But when you, when you're chasing your passions, um, it grows your business. It does. It's just, it just is like my passion is horses and I am working on a couple different commercial ranch properties. Yep. It's the best like to get out and just be like, Hey, I get to go to a ranch, awesome. which is where I'd want to be anyway. Awesome. And like walk it and like meet the herd and talk to the owners. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I never would have dreamed as a kid that like I could do something that I love that much yeah. and like, and you know, just, a saying that fortunately I accepted a long, long time ago: "Give to get." Yeah, give to get. Absolutely. You, if you give, you will get, guaranteed. Um, but what about? Uh, so what about Kent? His passion is hearing himself talk. So well, I mean, uh, you mean this isn't making you guys millions of dollars? Mm. <laughs> 
don't I mean, tell, come on, don't we're tell gonna Sean. go viral. Don't after tell Sean. This <laughs> right. I, I feel it in the air. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. That tax liability. They mm. need to be able to um, mm-hmm. to to, you have to find somewhere to offset. Offset. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our accountant, aka my father, is telling us <laughs> to shut up. <laughs> move on. Move on. <laughs> is he really? Yes. Is he out there? Like, please be quiet. Please don't talk about task code. Tell Ken to stop. Tell Ken to stop talking. <laughs> Awesome. None of us are tax consultants. Just, yeah. you know, I'm going to put my Yeah, CYA. I'm hoping I don't get audited yes. because yeah. of this interview. I'm going to put my CYA <laughs> be statement out there. I, and I think most of our audience knows not to believe anything that Kent and I say about anything. Because, uh, we, <laughs> Pretty we, much. We, we are the master of nothing. But we did uh, stay at a Holiday Inn Express We did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Yeah, that's the pinnacle of, of luxury. Uh, okay, so I do want to circle back, put you guys a little bit on the spot. Back to International Women's Day, uh, I, I I just pulled up the the website and uh, the you know, just the, it's got the bullet points about what this is about today is about and it says uh, is one of the most important days of the year to celebrate women's achievements, educate and oh, educate. <laughs> there's a typo in here. Educate and raise awareness for women's equality. <laughs> Call for positive change advancing women, lobby for accelerated gender parity, and fundraise for mm. female-focused charities. Love it. So, uh, throwing that out there, what, what do you guys think about today and kind of what the, what the mission goals and, are? And being with us two jamokes on the geoholics, I mean, is this yeah. like the pinnacle of your existence? Uh, I mean, it's pretty high up there. <laughs> it's pretty high up there. I gotta say. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll, I'll address that first off. I think that, like, the fact that you talked about the fact that you've done how many, 165 episodes yes. of this, and this is the first time you felt like shit um, by two of your guests. Like, yeah. um, And it's not because you have two powerhouse women brokers in here. It's because you have two powerhouse women who mm. see a different reality of the world. And I think that if there mm. were more women in leadership positions across the board, um, business, politics, whatever, you would have something different in this world happening because we wouldn't want to send our children off to war because that's just, you know, mm. like no one would want to see that happen. Yep. And so you find that um, there's there's a different there's a different priority um, often with women, with women investors, with women commercial real estate owners, with women brokers. Um, there's just a different priority list that we operate by. Um, and then, uh, secondly, um, I, I think that, um, my sweatshirt that I have that my kids absolutely are embarrassed that I wear, um, it, it says feminism is my second favorite F word. Um, and I'm going to leave it at that. Like, I think that, um, I mean, like your, your definition of feminism that you read earlier on, like, I mean, it's, it's about like, not, uh, not discounting what's already in the room. It's about like seeing the potential that we have as a society to be able to um, elevate our existence through innovation. And that's not by ignoring, you know, 49, 51% of the population. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? I heard a horrible, uh, I have two daughters. That was very well said, by the way. Incredible. And it prompted me to think about this. I have, I have two daughters, both graduated college, both in the corporate world at this point. And I saw a statistic the other day that said women on the average make 0.81% on the dollar that men make. Yeah. Which or is you, also, mean, you mean 81%? Yeah. yeah. And so, it decreases with uh, color, uh, right. by the way. Yeah. I yeah. Just, 81%. There you so go. So also, like, by choosing this field, you know, I mean, that doesn't happen. 
Because well, which part? What do you mean? Well, as far as our paycheck, yeah, you, we write that into our contracts. Yes, we do. And so it's that's not controlled by somebody else. That's controlled by us. Yes, because of the nature of the business. Right. Yes. Yes. No, I, I right? agree with what you said. Yeah. That yeah, is yeah. true. Oh, it's 100%. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Yes. Yes. In our field, we call the shots on, how, on what we get paid. Yeah. 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 Um, so, but you, but you get, but you get paid the same as anybody else making that deal gets paid. Yes. Why do you have to like specify that we get paid the same as? I know. I don't think that's what she's saying. Okay. I'm saying okay. she, they, they write in what their compensation is yeah. in, the in the contract. So that, sexism that is as far as it's our wages. It's a non issue. It's, it's a, a non issue in yeah. our job. In your job, yes. Right. The, uh, opportunities and right. all the everything else and everything else Open you guys were talking sexism. about right. is, is you know <laughs> Open for fully rampant and you know. Yeah. So so, but what I would Wide say sweat. if there's any men listening that you know um, haven't turned off by now, right? <laughs> of all yeah. the places that I volunteer, I would say the volunteer um, population is like 85 to 90% women. I, was I don't gonna, know I was what you dudes up. are doing. I don't know why you aren't coming out, but let's just make this the new narrative. Hmm? Volunteering is sexy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse, I already told you. If you're you. a single man Hashtag. And, you, and you can't find a quality woman, maybe get off your ass and do something nice for someone else. Yes. You'll uh, feel less shitty about yourself. Yes. And you'll probably meet somebody who has a really good heart. Mm. I, 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 hey, Sean. I already told you what I do on Saturday mornings, and it's not well, volunteering. So Fortunately, it is. somebody already married you, so you're good. <laughs> fortunately is, is, is so the right word. Uh, you know, unfortunately for her... Uh, I mean, yes, extremely lucky. She will listen to this. She already agreed, and you didn't even say it yet. So, yes, completely. Oh my God, that was amazing, <laughs> Michelle. I'm not sure how you're gonna follow that up. I can't. I can't. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, it's not God. a competition. It's no. okay. That yeah. was that was yeah, incredible. That, that was beautiful. What else, Sean? What do you got, buddy? Great one. Uh, I would like to ask our guests, uh, and it just kind of came to me, but Kent, you mentioned your uh, your your daughters in corporate America. Yes. I have a uh, yeah. her birthday's tomorrow, a six year old daughter. My daughter's birthday was yet. My oldest daughter was yesterday. That, that's a, that's adorable. Did we have this conversation? No, we did not. They're twenty one years apart, but correct. <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically Parallel life paths. Uh, <laughs> what advice would you give a twenty six year old that professional, or you know, not giving a six year old advice because it's just stop picking your nose? But. That's Sean's job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, stop honestly, scratching that. You know, honestly, I would say it would be the same. It's just find what you're passionate about and chase it as hard as fast as you can. Because, you know, uh, people will come in and out of your life, but if you know who you are and you know what you love, it will always lead you the right down the right path. Mm. Yeah. And I, I have a 10-year-old daughter, and um, I can't wait for her to, like, run the world because mm. she's going to be amazing at it. Um, <coughs> she has to make it out of my house alive by that time. <laughs> um, you know, I'll, You're just you getting know. started. I am just getting started. That is that is for darn sure. Um, yeah, the outfit, uh, the outfit conversations are already there. Um, yeah, no, you cannot wear that. But um, it's uh, it's an interesting interesting foray into um, into to something else. Is that like I, I think that if you empower uh, women 
regardless of what age they are. Um, if you're empowering them to believe that they can do whatever they want to do, and then you as men are behind them, um, helping them to break down barriers and to be supportive of women in, you know, in these industries, in other roles, um, that's, that's going to be the most important aspect is because we, we need uh, women need advocates for sure, um, and when when people know that you know like women make eighty one percent you know on the dollar for what men make, that's a really powerful statistic. If they know that you know women of uh, you know uh, Latina descent make significantly less, I think it's in the seventies, mm. um, and African American women like I mean the just really small amounts like you're gonna be empowered to do something to enact change. So when somebody says like oh feminism and is a bad word mm. you're gonna say no it's not right. like mm -hmm. there's a reason why it's not because I've got two two women in you know two women in my life one woman in my life that I want to see grow up and be successful and no matter what they want to do and that's what I tell my daughter now I'm like look honey you can do whatever you want to do it does not matter the sky's the limit figure out what you love and you know what she's good at <coughs> improv mm. improv of all things, there's nothing wrong with that. Old. Mm. Improv, yeah. what? That's cool. Yeah, it's but, insane. But you gave her the freedom to figure that out. Yeah, you know? she. That's I mean, she wants to go to Harvard and be an attorney, but you know, I haven't put this kibosh on that one, and I, I never will. Yeah. But yeah, she'll be she'll be exactly. a powerhouse uh, woman in whatever field she chooses, and that is the most important thing. And she's got a mm. dad that backs her up. Mm. Ah, love it, love it. Chelsea, final words. Uh, wait, I have one more question before we final words. <laughs> Wait, what? He's going to edit this out heavily yeah, later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would like to know, I'll start with Chelsea. Uh, do you have a mantra that you live by? Um, yes. Um, give value. Um, man. Add value, make friends. Add value, Add make value friends make is already friends. taken. You can ours. No. It's fine. <laughs> no. Um, work hard, give value, um, make relationships, live well. Ah, yeah. like it. Good. Michelle? Uh, mine's attributed to Gandhi, but he didn't actually say this, so I don't know who said it. But um, actions express priorities. Mm. Mm. That's deep. Yeah. I like it. I feel like we should copyright that or trademark it or something. I mean, we could easily just say the geoholics made it up. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Take I mean, it. Gandhi took credit for it for a long time, mm. so, you know. If yeah. you invest in a REIT... You yes. get copyright. <laughs> it's really hung up on this. Trademark. Yeah, no, it really is. Reet is the buzzword. I mean, of uh, the, uh, uh, the guy that cuts his was hair could like, have talked about anything like the, else. I don't, I don't even know what it means. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what like it means. Buzzwords of commercial real estate <laughs> yeah, to prep yeah, for this interview. Reet. I'm going to drop Reet on him. He, uh, he asked, chat, asked ChatGPT, <laughs> what should I ask to commercial real estate? And that's what it said. Yeah, blame it on my hairdresser. I had nothing to do with anything I said tonight. It was all scripted by ChatGPT. Uh, anything else we want to end with? Oh, want to get out there? Uh, it's been really great. Uh, I'm, uh, I learned a lot. I'm uh, humbled. Also, yes, Chelsea, I'm a terrible person. I know that. <laughs> my wife knows that. You got to go. My name's Sean. I am a geoholic and a horrible person. And a horrible human being. Uh, and I'm here to learn. <laughs> oh, I love it. That is awesome. Yeah. No. All right. Adding value and making friends. That's what we do. Once again, that's what we do around here. If anyone would like to be a guest on a future show, shoot us an email at info at Uh Led Zeppelin. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. What can I do? You left that out the first time. That's part of the song title. Ding dong. 
Yes. Available everywhere. Until next time. <laughs> until next time. Feminism is my second favorite F word. That's my takeaway. <laughs> know it. who you are and what you love. Another takeaway. Most importantly, be safe and healthy. Oh, 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 what can I do? I got a woman.